0: Welcome to the WRSU crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe, coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew.
1: Good afternoon and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Friday edition of WRSU The Crew. Summer session edition and we're coming on a little early. Some technical difficulties that we don't have to talk about. But hi. Welcome anyway. I'm Jake Maycel alongside Brett Hahn and John Hartnett. How are you doing, guys?
0: I feel so I need new headphones, but I feel so great now right now because the Rangers are playing the night and we're not gonna talk about game we're gonna talk about game one a little bit. We've got some interviews, we're gonna play an hour two. We're gonna talk about hockey playoffs, basketball playoffs, some baseball. It's gonna
1: be great. Although, baseball now with one less game tonight as the Yankees and the White Sox, I believe, have been postponed. Uh, yeah, it's expected to be made up on Sunday, doubleheader. We'll cover that a little bit later, but I believe we were talking about starting today with men's lacrosse. Talk about that a little bit. How are you doing, Brett, first of all?
2: <laughs> I'm doing good. Doing good. It's uh, great to be back on crew. Um, you know it, I was on Tuesday all last semester, so being on Friday is definitely a refreshing sight. I uh, don't come to crew off a 7 a.m. work shift, so I actually have energy today, which is nice. Hey, Uh, and um, (laughs) And, and, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just a good time uh, being here with you guys, um, being here with all the listeners who, you know, are listening to this WRSU 88.7 FM New Brunswick. And, you know, just getting back into the swing of things after a little bit of a break. So it's it's good to be here with y'all.
1: Yeah, it is good to be here, Brett. And I know that you said uh, you're going to be calling men's lacrosse tomorrow. That would be the NCAA tournament for men's lacrosse. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, and and uh, I'm you know I, I'm on the call with Alex Ruckers uh, Rutgers is set to take on number six. Rutgers men's lacrosse okay. is set to take on number three Penn uh, tomorrow at. Uh, James A. Schwartz Stadium and Hofstra University, and you know it's a it's a great opportunity not only for you know for Alex and I because this is where I got my uh, my broadcasting debut with Alex at the same venue, but you know for Rutgers men's lacrosse um, this is an opportunity for them to make history if they win it's going to be the first time they ever make the Final Four, um, and they're 14 and three on the year, uh, and were powered last game by Ross Scotts eight goals against Harvard. That was insane. And, you know, this team's just been, they've been a high, high-octane high offense all year. Head coach Brian Brecht with the NASCAR-style offense is fun to watch. And, you know, tomorrow I'm sure it's going to be more of the same, and I'm excited to see the atmosphere and just how the guys respond to the moment.
1: I'm also looking forward to it. Rutgers lacrosse has been very exciting this year. Not sure about their chances to win it all, obviously, with, you know, Maryland in the full, but... Just the chance to make it to the Final Four and you know make history—that's always exciting. Rutgers has been seeing quite a boom in their sports, and it nothing—it's been no more evident than it has been this spring with baseball and both men's and women's lacrosse.
2: Yeah, and you know, I kind of want—I kind of want to follow the point you just made. Like Maryland is cream of the crop men's lacrosse; they have been for the past five years. And even though Rutgers got dominated by them last time out, I mean, you just got to stick to the game plan. You just got to stick to what what they're doing um I I mean when Maryland comes I mean you have plenty of tape on them you know hope they can make the right adjustments but but Rutgers this year has been no slouch against ranked opponents so I think they'll you know they'll definitely make a a statement in this tournament I think they can surprise people Penn is a beatable team but at the same time you could see the other way around Penn beating them it's one of those games where like you, you you can see either team surprising here and make a statement but it, it, but if Rutgers beats Penn against the Final Four, that's huge. And it's especially huge because I, they wouldn't play Maryland until the championship game, I believe, anyway. So
1: Right. That's all the talk that I've been hearing is that Maryland would be their opponent in the national championship game only and nowhere else. Which is probably good for them because you know i mean if if you want if you're going to go out in this tournament you want to go out as the runner up you don't want to go out really anywhere else especially if you have to run into your conference rival right i mean you'd rather lose to in my mind you'd rather lose to them at the very top of the tournament rather than anywhere near the bottom
2: oh 100% and, and you know just getting to the quarterfinals is accomplishment in and of itself and and you know the, you, you got to give credit to the guys on that team. You know Mitch Bartolo. This is going to be a this is going to be a big game for him because he's a Penn transfer. He played there for four years. He was a team captain. So you know he he's definitely going to want to go out there and prove that you know uh, prove that he is uh, not only a valuable piece of this team, but he can you know he can get past the pressure of it being a return to play his former team in the playoffs and make a statement. So you know, it's it, it all around. It's just a big, it's a big day for Rutgers sports. A big day for Rutgers lacrosse, and um, you know, it, it's going to be an exciting one. T- uh, tip tip off's going to be at twelve o'clock tomorrow afternoon.
0: Going back to what you said, Jake, that when you said that like Rutgers sports in general are just like exploding, I'm I'm new to WRSU I've only been here for about two or three months. Uh, but I've covered some you know baseball and lacrosse. It seems to me that like Rutgers, at least in my opinion, is like switching from like. In heavy quotes, from a football school to like a basketball school, but I think their weakest link in all of their sports is football. Like, name another sport where they're not good at. They're destroying the baseball. They're destroying cross Really, they're playing lacrosse very, very well. Basketball, they did very well last year. Football is the only like, you know, they're not performing as well
1: as you think. Well, I think I think the biggest reason for that just has been the hard, the very difficult transition to the Big Ten right the big 10 is such a football dominant conference you've got so many schools that are so good at it and of course obviously you play in the same conference as michigan ohio state penn state those are already 3 of the most dominant football schools in the entire country so that's already going to gimp you a little bit from the start but not having great coaching as well and just the fact that you know in the big 10 even though you are covering the new york metropolitan area that market bit you're not going to get necessarily all the best recruits like the other more prestigious Big Ten schools do get so you know without great coaching their their entry into the Big Ten was a little bit a little bit shaky so I think that's been the biggest reason that they haven't been historically good at football since joining the conference but we're, we've been seeing them get better they just made a yeah. ball game under head coach Greg Schiano. they're getting better recruits so you know I, I think it's going to take a little longer for Rutgers football to reach the same level of play that the basketball teams, the soccer teams, the lacrosse teams, baseball, the all, softball, that all those other teams are at, it, I think it's going to take a little bit longer. But I wouldn't be surprised if in a few years we're talking about them in the same way, hmm. you know, that we're saying, hey, look, Rutgers, now legit Big Ten school in everything. It just it just doesn't necessarily feel that way all the time because they're not good at football and it's a football conference. <laughs> What do you think, Brad?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, like Rutgers football has been bad for a long time, <laughs> for a long time. I mean, they haven't, they haven't been. I, I feel like they haven't really been relevant since, or not relevant. You know, that, that's the wrong word. They, they haven't been, you know, outstanding. They haven't s- been since, uh, you know, the McCordy's and Ray Rice and mm-hmm. Logan Ryan. So it's been a while, um, and it's tough to watch their games. I'm not going to lie. That's my headset's crackling here. I'm going to have Yeah, you, know, want you want to change problem mics? Problem <laughs> Mike, get, are you guys able to hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. Go to mic. Can hear through me it. through the headset? Yeah. Okay, just change all right, mics. All right. Apology for technical difficulties. But, you know, I'm going to finish my point before I do that. Um, you know, with, with uh, time comes an opportunity to rebuild. Coach Greg Sciano, you know they made a bowl game last year, but they made a bowl game as an alternate. So I'm sure they're going to look at that and they're like, "All right, we have to make it back, but we got to make it back. You know, the, we, we got to make it back the right way."
1: You got to mm-hmm. get those six and wins.
2: I agree. I agree. And you know, losing a lot of guys in the D line like Julius Turner, uh, I, Julius Turner, uh, blank on the other names right now. I apologize, but I, I Fatukasi I believe is one of them, and mm-hmm. they, they they lost both of them. And, and, you know, replacing them is going to be huge. And, and a secondary that, you know, has Aaron Young coming back but has new names in it has to step up as well. That's something that plagued them last year. Um, quarterback play was another one. Gavin Winsat, will he get more run this year? Is, is he going to be the quarterback of the future for this team? Um, Johnny Langan, are they going to play him in more tight end sets or is he going to continue to be a quarterback option? And his, and Noah Vedral, if he plays, he's got to improve in his accuracy. He's got to improve on his zip, the zip on his ball because it just it, it wasn't there in consistent spurts and it sputtered their offense. So I'm excited to see what they could do. And you know, right now, Rutgers is definitely a spring sports college, and it is thrilling.
1: Right, and of, and of course with the football team, you've got the questions of you know running back and wide receiver. What with both you know Isaiah Pacheco and Bo Melton getting drafted into the NFL, which Is still huge for both of them, Um, huge for the Rutgers program. And I think that's something that's going to help them, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yes, they made a ball game as an alternate, right? Yes, they're losing some key players. But I think one of the things that's going to help them is still the fact that they did make a ball game alternate or not, that they were the first team considered as an alternate, and that, you know, two of their players on the offensive side of the ball Got drafted. We've seen defensive Rutgers players get drafted a little more recently. As recent as 2019, I believe. But in terms of the offensive side of the ball, I don't think it's been since at least 2014 or 2013, around when Tyler Cross was drafted, um, that we've seen offensive players from Rutgers get drafted into the NFL. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's going to help their program a lot. And... You know, I think that that could help them get better recruits, and we might not, we might see a bit of a down year this coming season. That does tend to happen sometimes after you know your first really successful season in a while. I sure. know five and seven, not necessarily. Well, you, the benchmark for success that's but Jet, still that's a bull game, That's some right? Jets level success. It, it, it. Hey, watch it, man. No,
0: I'm a Jets fan as well. They won the You track. are? Yeah, man. Oh,
2: I didn't know this. Yeah, I'm a so, casual but like I'm trying to get into football. you a Houston Rockets basketball fan too? Huh? huh? Nah, <laughs> nah so if you're a Houston Rockets <laughs> basketball fan we share every <laughs> single team. Oh, who, no, I don't I want to get into the I want to get into like the Knicks. Unfortunately. Uh, well, who, who, well, who are the that. Rockets
1: who, who are the Rockets and wh- when can I watch their games this weekend oh <laughs> uh, Houston Rockets! Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah I mean you could we'll watched get there the... Jake, we'll get there yeah there's the draft lottery a few <laughs> days ago you know oh oh, they, that's um, right that's right I they got the number three pick I was very excited. hey upset. congratulations oh, congratulations no, no, you, you know what you, you know what
1: I'm not going to make fun of anybody for that because I'm a New York Knicks fan I know John you're a New York Knicks fan you know number three pick has been working out pretty well for us hasn't it I I uh, I think it's working better than the number one pick would have.
0: I ju- I, I'm just starting to get into football. I'm, over ba- I'm a, obviously more of a baseball guy, but I'm trying to get more into football, and I watched a lot of the Jets last year, and I was like, you know what? I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I think
1: <laughs> they, they won the draft. Well, I I, so. I personally disagree, but I, I'm, oh all, I'm also a Giants fan, so, you know. I, you re- I, I would like to agree that New York, as a collective, won the draft. I, just, I it, Yeah, why, I can give that to you. Why did Green Bay
0: select more defense?
1: Because it's all they know how to do. I don't, but,
2: uh, did you see Aaron Rodgers' face? I, I forget. They got Christian Watson, though, to be fair. And <sighs> Christian Watson's a dynamic receiver. I mean,
0: they just signed him, and they're going to piss off their best guy. Rodgers, yeah. I mean. They're going pi- to mean, I mean, sh- who's he Ro- going to throw
1: to? This might be a he, hot take, he, but no, I don't think no, Rodgers cares. Tell you, I'll tell you who he's going to throw to. He's, he's going to throw to Aaron Rodgers.
3: <laughs> <sighs>
1: <sighs> hey, remember, I believe, I, I don't know if this necessary. I don't, I believe Brett Favre has completed at least one pass to himself in his career. So,
2: yeah, he's a legend. We got we got the same first it, name. If we're considering, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great hey thing. hey,
1: I share a birthday with the man. So Do you really? Yeah. Oh wow! So you know, Very I think nice. my
0: favorite like this is nothing. This is so off topic. It's not even funny. My first like ever like segment on crew, it was I think two or three months ago, and we're talking about baseball, or whatever. Oh, and then oh
1: was I was I on that? with it was you? was it Brett, during the lockout? You
0: me yes. Oh my Dylan, gosh, and I think some, it was a packed packed room. Even then out. Dylan was like, oh, I can't stand Brett Phillips. Ah, oh, this and that. I'm like, what? How can you hate Brett Phillips? And then Brett's just kind of like sitting there. like I guess listening. And then uh, Dylan's like, you know what? I he was like, I mean, Brett- no, I think he said, what do you got against Brett Phillips? He was like, you know what? I like Brett Hahn. How about that? I mean, oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm sorry if that's like a, a – I don't know why I just thought of that. But that just popped up Hey, my you head.
1: know what? It's fun. I, I think I – think- Guys who are named Brett are generally cool dudes. Okay. <laughs> Brett is a certified. There's not, cool not a lot of us. <laughs> so, I, I, oh, I as a it. Yankees fan, I grew up a pretty big fan of Brett Gardner, and I think yeah. he's a cool dude. He's so. a certified cool guy. And Brett Brett yeah. Hahn, obviously cool dude. Appreciate. So, it. Know.
2: I, I kind of want to shift over to you know shift over to baseball a little bit. Yeah, yeah why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, because sure. you know Brett Brett Gardner saying Brett Gardner reminded me of an article I saw about uh, you know is Brett Gardner too loyal to the Yankees to a fault. Because he hasn't signed with a team yet, and I don't know whether he's waiting for a contract from the Yankees or or if he's planning on to retire, planning to retire, excuse me, or, or what the deal is, but but you know I don't think the Yankees really need him. You know they they've been performing really well, and I know and look I'm a Mets fan. It's hard for me to say. All right, but the Yankees have been doing really well. Yes, they've yeah. been versing some weak competition so far. I get it. You, you have to feast on those teams. You're a good team, but. Aaron Judge has been the best outfielder in baseball. Nestor Cortez almost had a no hitter, mm-hmm. and you know when your worst pitcher so far is Jordan Montgomery. Like I don't like it's not that bad. And and honestly, like the Yankees, the Yankees met they Yankees lost yesterday. This?
1: Yankees lost yesterday. Guess who was on the mound?
2: Who was it, Montgomery? Yes, you, yes, oh, it wow. was. there it is. And we even gave him <laughs> run support too,
1: which is unusual.
0: This is as a as a fellow Mets fan. Go Mets. We um, <laughs> got sn- first of all, I got snowed out in Denver, so that's fun. Wait, so, what? Yeah, yeah I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't believe that.
2: <laughs> so, I read that so on my phone. Today, before. today, <laughs> today, yeah. Okay, yeah, today. so there
1: is no New York baseball today. Damn.
2: No, nah, it's a six forty game. It's gonna be made up as a doubleheader tomorrow. But uh, first game's at
0: one time. This is a first. Mm. This is like my dad grew up in New, uh, Flushing, Queens. He always like when the Mets aren't on, he watches the Yankees all the time. I'm like, what are you doing? I like, got that, s- this that stinky team off my TV. Hey, I'm, I, watch then, the Meta, my, hey, I watch I, the Mets on my. I don't hate the Yankees, but I just, I don't like them. But this is like the first time, I think, in my, in my fandom of baseball that I'm like, okay, the Yankees came Like – I'm like scared of the Yankees. This is the first
1: time in a while. So, I can't remember the last time I felt like this. So I, I, I have to address this because I recently on crew, last time I was on crew, did allude to my belief that I didn't think the Yankees were going to make the playoffs. I can't still sit here with their current record of 29-10, and 10, which is obviously the best far and away in all of Major League Baseball. I can't still sit here and say that I don't think the they're going to make the playoffs. But Sorry. I can't—I'm I, I'm still not entirely convinced that they're as good as their record shows because, like, like Brett said, they've been playing a lot of weak competition. But I have been thoroughly— Pleasantly surprised by just how well they performed. Because it would seem on paper that they got weaker in the offseason, right? I mean, their power generally got a little bit weaker. Their hitting got a little weaker. And you wouldn't necessarily think that their pitching has been improved necessarily all that much. And yet, somehow, they are not only making it work, but they're playing better than everybody else. I still need to see them play some real competition. Well, you got some
0: coming up. You're playing the White Sox. Okay. Well you're playing the White Sox, the Orioles, and then the Tampa Bay.
1: Okay, so Tampa Bay. And the Angels. Uh and the Angels who are surprisingly legit this year, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Mets, uh Mets legend though with something hard. Yeah you, know they,
2: <laughs> yeah, you know what? They, they you know what? The Angels have a solid hitting lineup too. I mean look, like Mike Trout and Shohei have been your your one too. Anthony Rendon's been hot so far. Taylor Ward.
1: Yeah, he's leading in everything. Taylor Ward Ward has been, I think, the biggest surprise in baseball this year. (laughs) Absolutely. He's come out out of nowhere nowhere to absolutely (laughs) rake. He's
2: doing incredible. And, I mean, they have Brandon Marsh, who's doing pretty well.
0: I think this is also, well, you know, first year for a lot. The first year of the Yankees, I'm like, I'm nervous for the Yankees. (laughs) And then, uh, like, the Angels, they're Because, like, they're obviously an offensive first lineup, an offensive first roster. Right. And it seems the past few years, either they're hurt, they don't perform. And this is, like, the first year, like the Yankees,
1: where I'm like, okay,
0: all right, you're you're playing baseball.
1: Paying attention to the Angels over the past several years, because I've obviously been paying attention to baseball. You know, I mostly pay attention to the Yankees. But I've been paying close attention to the Angels just because, you know, I— The more you hear stuff about, oh, how Mike Trapp's the best player in baseball, right? You know, and then Shohei Otani, oh, best player in baseball, all that. You're going to pay attention to that team. And the thing that always, the thought that always popped up in my head was just that they're not a good team. So, you know, even though these guys are good, why are they making the headlines as much as they are? Well, now, now they're apparently actually good, and that, let's hope it stays that way because a good team led by Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, it's a scary one. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know,
2: their, their main issue over the years has been pitching, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The starting rotation hasn't been consistent. they never had more than one or two guys. Mm-hmm. This year you got contributions from at least three. You got Noah Syndergaard, who's been perf- minus last uh, last game's dud, pitching one of an inning. He's been performing really well. Um, Obviously, Sho- Shohei Itani. Shohei Itani is a dual threat. It's been incredible. A I mean, phenom. he was the MVP last year and he's, you know, proving again why he won the award. Uh Patrick Sandoval. It's another guy yeah. who who last year he, you know, he had like a 3.8 ERA last year, but this this year I think it's think it's sub uh I think it's sub 2 4. What so about far. what about the the rookie, Detmers? Yeah, I rookie believe? rookie I, I was about to say rookie Reed yeah. Detmers, he threw a no-hitter against Tampa. He didn't strike many guys out. He they only have... struck two guys hey, out. Tampa's still a quality team, though. No, but Tampa's a quality team. They put Michael Lorenzen in the rotation. And, and he hasn't been doing too bad either. He's doing great. He's I, that's surprised I, I recall Michael Lorenzen
1: mm-hmm. is one of those pitchers who's actually kind of decent at hitting.
2: Oh, he's
0: he, – ever see his arms? Dude, he's a, he's a horse. His <laughs> his arms are like my legs. He's <laughs> massive. When he was a – Red, he would, like, like, just bench press in the dugout. And the Reds broadcaster, who – is famous for another reason. He was like, "Oh, uh, I, don't, I don't, I forget what he said." But he was like, "Oh, the, I wouldn't we, want to pick we, a fight with that we're, guy." We're
1: familiar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but looking, at, looking at this like Angels pitching staff, you got Loop in the bullpen. Who I, I letting him go as a Mets fan. Hurt. Believe me, man, oh, it, hurts. it hurts.
2: It hurts. And trading Miguel Castro of the Wait. Yankees for that Joali Rodriguez. Why? He's Joali Rodriguez oh. is my least favorite player in the MLB. I want him gone. I love the memes, wait, wait, though, wait, after wait, the no-hitter. Wait,
1: wait, 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 Who did Yankees so. get for...
2: Castro. Miguel Castro. Miguel Castro? Oh, he's been pretty good. The Mets yeah. gave up a very yeah, good right-hander. <laughs> yeah, you <for> you <laughs> guys
1: had Aaron Loop, but let him go? Yeah, we had Aaron Loop last season. Walk. We let him oh, walk. Oh, man, I remember when he was in... And what did the Mets need? They need a bullpen. Unreal. Wasn't he in Toronto yeah. before he went to the Mets? I think he was He was in
0: Tampa Bay. He was in Toronto. Yeah, I remember He's a mercenary. I
1: remember him. He was really annoying.
0: I loved Loop.
2: No, but I, I I kind of want to shift back to the Yankees a little bit just and, j- just to finish off the subject before we, you know we go into the the Mets territory I mean, and other I can, places because we know we're going up in the Mets I continue about territory. the Yankees. <laughs> um, for the Yankees, they're off the twenty nine ten start like you said. Mm-hmm. What do you want to see, Jake, for them to keep up this current hot streak?
1: So I mean, obviously, th- this probably doesn't have to be said, but the the biggest thing I want to see is I want to keep I want to see Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, and Giancarlo Stanton in that order uh keep raking as they have been. They have been nothing short of incredible. Uh Aaron Judge has been the best player in all of MLB this year so far. I'd like to see him continue to be that. Um because, you know, I mean if he continues to play as he has been, he will win the MVP, no doubt. <laughs> um I think the other thing I want to see is I want to see Continue seeing the good, consistent pitching. Garrett Cole's been pitching really well as of late. Didn't have a great start to the year. He's now getting on a bit of a roll. I'd like to see him continue that, especially against the harder teams. You know, I mean, it's one thing to have a really good pitching performance against Baltimore, right? (laughs) But if you can show up and do that against Tampa Bay and against the Angels, then I'm going to start to believe a little bit, you know? Um, I think – the other, I think the other, the big thing, and one thing that I think is a bit of an X factor on this team is the bullpen. The bullpen's been playing really well so far this year. Clay Holmes has been outstanding. Rose Chapman has been getting a whole bunch of saves this year. Obvi- obviously, he makes everybody a little nervous, but, you know, we're spoiled by having Mariano Rivera for 20 years, so, yeah. you know, there's nothing you can do about that. Uh, but, you know, I, I want to see the bullpen continue to be this good. It has a few cracks in it that I'm worried might spring leaks as the season continues like Jonathan Lewisaga um and Chad Green I'm, and Castro with the walks. Yeah, Castro with the walks as well. That's true. That's always I'm, been his problem though. I'm a little that that's one of that's my biggest X factor going forward mm-hmm. going into June and July and especially August, you know. The bullpen's been playing great so far, but is it mostly because of Holmes and Chapman? Or is it because they're actually that good? That's what I want to see.
0: Let me ask you a dumb question because I'm not an American League guy. Is Chad Green still on the Yankees? Yes, he's still, he still is. on the Yankees. Yeah. Okay. He's their setup guy. Unfortunately, still on the Yankees. <laughs> I yeah. thought, because I knew he was a pretty good, uh, yeah, he's having a good year. Okay, I just didn't. I remembered him from the, uh, the wild card game last year. Yes.
1: Yeah, we don't we don't talk about that.
2: <laughs> yeah. So b- b- before we go to locks, uh, I I, I want to get your opinion on this, John, because you know we, we both are fellow Mets fans, and you, you obviously heard the news uh, at this point of Max Scherzer oh, having right. to pull himself oh. out of a start six to eight weeks with a left oblique strain. Who do you who do you Tyler McGill is ready out. Jacob DeGrom's already out. Who do you? Who do you think should or should? Excuse me. Who do you think needs to step up in the rotation in their absence? And do you think the Mets might scour the trade market and go after a potential piece? I've so got two points. Right.
0: Here's the first one. The obvious choice is David Peterson. You you know bring him up. Who then? Who are you sending down? JD
2: Davis, Dom Smith. With Scherzer in the IL, I don't think you'll oh, you. Oh, you don't have to send anybody down. I don't think so. If you put him on the oh. injured list, because think about a roster spot opens up. Never mind. Okay, so. just just bring him up. Yeah, just bring up Peterson.
0: <laughs> and then. So that's the obvious, uh, you know, solution. Right. right. Uh, if they're going to trade, here's a few names I just, like, come off the top of my head. You want to go after teams who are going to lose. I mean, there's four or five teams right now that have pretty good pieces that are going to lose 100 games. Right. I'm looking at Cincinnati. I'm looking at Chicago. Talk about Castillo. Chicago. Like, uh, the Cubs. I'm yeah, looking at uh, Texas. I'm looking at, you know. Teams that have good pe- – like, the first person that came to my mind is Lu- Luis Castillo. Right. From right. The, uh, the Reds. They've, they've brought him up before for a trade a few years ago, over the years. And I think Dom Smith's a good piece to trade, you know, because he's doing really well right now. He's going to be worth a lot. Uh, you could ha- – I'm not sure where else you could throw in. But um, Luis Castillo comes to mind. And the guy I would want is Kyle Hendricks. The Cubs. Ooh, I have always loved him. Wa- like, loved watching I like him.
2: him. I
1: like him. Kyle, he, Kyle he, Hendricks is a, right is a really good pitcher. Um, I guess m- my question is, is it a little early for teams to be selling big pieces right now? If definitely, yeah. If you're Cincinnati, Fair. no. Well, I mean, I'm not <laughs> Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Well, if, you say, if you're Cincinnati, you you're should open, have sold no. three weeks ago. But, right. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, if you're Chicago, you know, it, it could still be a little bit early. So looking at considering you play in the same division as Cincinnati,
0: <laughs> right? Looking at Kyle Hendricks' numbers right now, I've always liked him. Uh, watching him work, I think he's a he's a relic. He's a you know he's a pitcher that baseball is trying to move away from, which is the, the put the ball in play pitcher. Like just here's the ball, yeah. Your classic
1: ground ball pop out pitcher. Love
0: this guy. He's like uh, he's like Maddox. He's he is two and three with an ERA just over four, four point oh three. So, but he's at he's had a about his career he's n- never been hurt a lot he's pretty consistent and that's the guy i want because you know, obviously we have, we have the injuries with jake and max but i think he's a good guy to throw in so is he in a contract year i think he might be he is signed yeah he's a free agent this year so he's a perfect guy to get what do you think
2: i like kyle hendricks um but you know if if we want to become the new york athletics we need to go get frankie Montas. um <laughs> You know, the Oakland A's are perpetual sellers. And it's all about that money, though, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, look, like, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Because, on one hand, you want to be confident that McGill is going to come back right when he's able, that DeGrom's going to be able to come back early July, and that the Mets are going to be able to hold the four. I mean, Pete just hit the monster walk-off last Mm -hmm. night, and the Mets won three out of four against St. Louis. But, that's a, that's a big series. The offense yeah. has taken a little bit of a step back. I mean, four point three runs in the last sixteen games compared to four point seven to start the first twenty eight, right? But um but starting pitching is the reason why they've been off to such a great start. The bullpen's still wildly inconsistent, and they already lost Trevor May. So you know,
1: it's hard to tell. So so I kinda wanna ride it while we still have like a seven game lead. Though, I, just yeah, see. yeah. Here's yeah. The, here's the, here's the big thing, right? The Mets have a pretty big lead in the NLE. It's a pretty big lead in the National League as a whole right now. And you know, I mean, these injuries coming this early in the season isn't inherently a bad thing because I remember Jacob DeGrom got off to a n- not just phenomenal start, the greatest start to a season a pitcher's probably ever had. Right. The only guy to on.
0: compare it to is Bob Gibson.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: That's it. He doesn't that's the, that's the conversation. conversation.
1: You know, re- rest so. in peace to Bob Gibson. Yeah. You know, that, that was that was an all time start to a season by Jacob deGrom and then to have it cut short in the middle mm-hmm. was something that really kinda was a dagger to the Mets entire season. But knowing that he could come back mid season this year and knowing that Scherzer could come back down the stretch, that's a l- lot more favorable for the New York Mets going forward because they're going to, they're going to likely get those guys back right when they need them for a playoff push. Sure. You know? Yeah, no, definitely. And, and, you
2: know, the, the the key of the Mets right now is just holding, holding the fort down. Um, and hoping that the injuries don't become a strain on the collective unit that they've played as so far. Um, but with that, we're going to, we're going to take a short break Uh, on the other on the other side of this, stay tuned for locks of the week. Here at WRSU 88.7 FM, New Brunswick.
0: Welcome to Locks of the Week, where we give gambling advice. Well, if you're taking gambling advice from college students, you've got a serious problem.
2: Uh... (laughs) (laughs) So I
1: think that's a good way to start.
2: <laughs> I, hey, I, I, I had a pretty good record on my locks last semester. Thank you very much. I want to keep track of them. Like keep. I want to have like a spreadsheet.
1: I did, I did
0: okay. I didn't track it. Like I went like sixteen I did did eight. Okay. I, I, like, okay. I went like. I think I'm one for two.
1: I call. I called the Mets winning against the Phillies that one night when they had that epic comeback. I wasn't I, expecting it to be an epic comeback, but hey, you know. If, what?
0: if it's uh, if it's stupid, but it works, it's not stupid.
1: <laughs> Brett, buddy, you have a lock of the week.
2: Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Oh, look at Mr. Mr. John Harnett, I appreciate it. So, I'm looking at FanDuel. You know, I just opened the app, and right away, a bet stands out to me. And, you know, John John does make a point that we are college students, but, you know, if you're looking to win some money uh, and you want to listen to what Brett Haun has to say, I mean, you're going to win some money. So, <laughs> I, it's called locks.
1: Hey, wait a minute. It's a, it's
2: a wrap. <laughs> you're you're going to win money. So, FanDuel Sportsbook right now. Um, there's a current odds boosted bet that I think you guys should lock in. It is Clay Thompson to score five plus first quarter points and the Warriors to win the first quarter. It's at plus 250. I can see Klay Thompson scoring a three and a two. And the Warriors having an early lead. So I'm going to lock it in at plus
1: 250. I, I'm not so sure about that one.
2: After last game, you know... After the last game, I, you don't I see feel it?
1: like I feel like the Mavs could come out guns blazing and then fall off in the second half again. But Lucas, Lucas, really two sure second about, half
2: points want to talk to you. What? Lucas, two half or two second half points want to talk to you. They want to say what's up.
1: Yeah, I, I know. That, that's what I'm saying. Oh, oh, yeah, that's point. true. I'm not listening. I'm not saying <laughs> that they're gonna win the game. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think. I think uh, the Mavs could come out blazing to start, and then second half. You know, maybe, maybe kind of bomb again, <laughs> but that's an interesting lock of the week. I like mm-hmm. that. I was gonna originally pick the winner of that game, but now I don't think I want to. Um, so go with your heart,
2: Jake. Nah, whatever, you, heart, f- whatever you, whatever you think. My
1: heart's saying. Uh, my heart's saying. Let's bully a bad baseball team today. <laughs> oh man, then
2: do um, it. Why not? Go for it. My, my Eddie heart. better against the Orioles all the time. Oh, come <laughs> on, <Eddie. laughs> that's easy. But easy. No, uh, I know nah, what I'm saying. Nah, that's what he that's did. That's too easy. That's so- too easy.
1: That's too easy. Let's bully the Red Sox instead. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, they're playing well, though.
0: <laughs> they've warmed up a little bit.
1: Well, the cool thing is I don't care.
0: <laughs> all right, Jake. I'll just be quiet. <laughs> uh,
1: so the Red Sox are playing the Seattle Mariners tonight, who have been – well, let's just say they've been a bit disappointing. Well, I can't say they're playing the Seattle Mariners tonight because – with the storm that's going on, mm. I don't know if it's going to hit Boston, but I'm not going to make it my lock of the week. Whether or not this game is actually played, I'm just going to make it my lock of the week. Who wins this game? <laughs> and that's going to be the Seattle Mariners. They are one and a half run underdog, and uh, I think they're going to. I think they're going to beat the spread. I think. I think they're going to win this game by four runs at Fenway Park. I think the Red Sox are going to trip over themselves for one game. They'll probably win this. Series. Who's on the bump for the Red Sox? Who's on the bump for the Red Sox? Uh, supposed v- to be Valdi.
2: I think it's Nick Pavetta.
1: Michael Walker.
2: Oh, it's Michael Walker ah. against Robbie Ray. Michael Walker's off the injured
1: list already. Uh, against Robbie Ray. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. So Michael Walker returned fast. Should be uh, wow. should be a decent pitching matchup. I think Seattle's going to beat them. Boston's going to trip over themselves in this first game of the series and then, you know, probably take the rest because Seattle can't ever give us that many nice things, can they? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just bullying both teams at this point. But you know what? You know what? The Both New York teams are doing great right now. I'm going to take advantage while they're both still doing great before the inevitable August collapse. <laughs> well, we don't
0: know if there's going to be one this year because with the new regime, with Buck and – the Yankees historically, you know, historically hot. I star. never it doubt could, Aaron Boone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, last year he was just anyway. I will we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> My lock of the week. Two weeks ago, I picked the Washington Capitals to win over the Panthers five to two in Game Five. They won five to three. So. Oof. You know They did win I don't know One goal Uh, off I'm going to go to the playoff hockey I am going to pick my New York Rangers Of course you are (laughs) I'm going to predict that the New York
1: Rangers Are going to
0: win game four
1: And they're going to score more than one goal right? Game four
0: Game four Huh? huh? What? Game four
1: Uh, I think you mean game two Was that game two?
0: (laughs) No game Because game four is on Tuesday right? Yeah
1: Oh, you're predicting that far ahead. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. I think we're gonna
0: I would love to win the night, but we'll, let's take it one day at a time. Oh, okay. so runs oh, are at going
1: M-S- super
4: G.
3: far ahead.
0: All right, fair. Enough. You gotta M-S- plan G. ahead. Fair so enough. this is an eliminate. this is a, a potentially a elimination game if they lose. Let's assume it's until so, so hopefully they win tonight. Game four in the garden. The Rangers are going to win 3 to one.
1: Ooh, I like that elite. one. Shisterkin having a good night there.
0: <laughs> and yeah, that's my that's my uh lock of the week. Do you have like a lock of the week on the going off?
1: I, ain't really like I, put you, I totally put
0: you on the spot. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> it's all right. We like to have fun here. Like a the week.
2: <laughs> yeah, but now, you know, going back to the Rangers, um, you know, I uh, I don't typically find myself watching hockey, but I was watching, you know, I was watching the game of my buddy the other day. He's a really big Rangers fan. So he gave me a hat to wear. I'm like, all right, I'll, all right, I'll put on the hat. Why not? So Rangers score the first. You know they score that one timer in the first period, and I was like, all right, you know this is you know this might be a fun one. They was might actually score one zero yeah. the entire game, and they blow and they blow it, and they lose two to one in overtime. I'm like, man, I could have been watching the Mets. That's, no, I, see, I that's not
1: a normal basketball. Rangers game.
0: Playoff hockey, though, to be fair, is very entertaining. It, oh, it's great.
1: I mean, you should have cool, watched Game Seven against Pittsburgh.
0: Holy, I. I'm amazed that my head didn't hit the ceiling of my living room. I'm my, also house, amazed because that. I, I'm, I I'm st- I don't even know what to say. I, I yeah. was losing my <laughs> mind. <laughs> but, yeah, game, game one was just brutal. Because when, when who got it? Keitel got it. Philip Keitel, I think. I'm pretty sure it's was Kedel. I'm so,
2: uh, I'm bad with names, but um. because
1: I because I don't no I don't typically
2: watch Rangers hockey. Uh but yeah, I didn't, I, see, uh,
1: I didn't see the entire uh, the entirety of Game One. I only saw the overtimes.
0: I watched the first period, and then I had dinner. And then I was very tired because yeah. I built I, I, I built pools over the summer. Um, oh, nice! It, <laughs> it pays well,
1: but <laughs>
0: it's very strenuous. Uh, so I was wiped. So I I, I watched the first period. I had dinner, and then I come back. I'm like, oh my God, the Rangers still up one zip. Carolina Her- Carolina ties it. I'm like oh my goodness, forget it. Oh, I'm not. It's not even like it hasn't even even occurred to me that Rangers are gonna win this game. Like no, they're gonna go into overtime. They're gonna go maybe four minutes and then they're gonna lose because they haven't scored all game.
1: Yeah no, I I, I was watching that game. It's just like it's just like okay, okay, Rangers doing okay, <laughs> still doing okay. <laughs> Guys, you're playing good defense, but you're not scoring. Oh god, they're gonna score in the- Yep, there we go. Two <laughs> minutes left. Oh boy. I'm surprised. And we're going to overtime.
0: They held Carolina shotless now. <laughs> for the first ten minutes.
1: Yeah, I was shocked on that one. In one, one shot, in the first. I don't, I don't like, know what's more depressing: minutes. losing game one of the last series in triple overtime, or losing or losing game one of this series in single overtime, when you literally held the lead for ninety-nine percent of the game. <laughs>
0: That's a good point, but the Penguins series was the that was. I mean, I had like finals and stuff. It's like, I had like like homework to do. I was like, "Well, Man. this is more important." And then I watched the whole game. It felt like a Mets loss because I had yeah. so much hope. And then you go into overtime. You're like, "Oh my god, th- my team's g- no, they're gonna win. They're gonna win this game." And then they just rip your heart out. And then I'm like,
1: "What?" And that's like three periods. That's like they played like three six, whole, old, two whole six games. periods. Two
3: whole,
0: games. Two, I guess two and a half. Yeah.
1: Yeah, two two and a half whole uh, games. Ugh. And you know, I couldn't even watch the whole game because I was out celebrating a friend's birthday for like the first half of the game mm. because. You know they play whole. They played three whole periods of word overtime. <laughs> so you know I only get to show up during overtime of this, and I'm watching. and Nobody's scoring. And I'm just like, I'm just like, Gu- guys, come on, do something. And then and then they lose on uh, Igor Shestirkin's greatest game ever. It's oh like, my goodness! It's like, well. I mean, at least we won the series. <laughs>
0: yeah, my roommate is a huge Penguins fan, so those like oh, first three goodness. games were t- was torture to be home, because the first game he was out and about, and then he came back home and, like one in the morning. He was like, "Oh, sorry, I didn't see you there." And he had a pit. He had his he had his Penguins jersey on. And I was like, "I'm gonna <laughs> burn that when you leave." But then they won game two. Let's the first two games.
1: Who, who's the jersey?
0: Take a guess who it is. Sidney Crosby. Yes, it is. Uh, it was.
1: I I was worried. I was worried <laughs> it'd be Malkin.
0: <laughs> no. I well, my that
1: guy. <laughs> All right, I, hate I have everybody
0: to... on that team except for Fleury. I know Fleury's gone,
2: but. Nah, yeah. I have to ask you guys this question. dead, Because this is something that's been on my mind for a little while, and I got to know your guys' answer, but I, I I, I, have a strong belief that the Rangers are only where they are now because Jacob Truba knocked out. 100%. Sidney Crosby. I I, I would as, agree. As, the as only a, Rangers fan, why, as right a
1: Rangers fan, I am obligated to tell you that that is not the case. Yeah. But I'm not going to deny that it may have played it at least small helped. role.
0: It definitely helped getting getting knocking out Sid the Kid for. I mean, when I because f- I think that was, that was in it, game five, right?
1: It, it helped a yeah. little bit, a little bit.
0: It helped a, L- little bit. Bit. Mm-hmm. a little bit, a little bit. That's it swung the series.
2: It, it you lo- can argue it definitely did. But
0: yeah, you know,
1: clean but. hit, clean hit. I
0: don't know. It, <laughs> I don't know about that. He, yeah, has had a history of this. He's had like yeah. not like. Outright, because di- I don't think it was outright dirty, but it was definitely it rode the line. I, I, and he's had a history of that before.
1: I mean, being being objective, obviously, you know, I like to I like to kid around a little bit just because you know, obviously, my team, I want to be, sure. I want to support everything. But like, you know, I mean, it was it was a little little questionable. But I mean, they didn't call it; it wasn't blatant. I don't think it was anything. I don't think he was trying to take him out. You know, as mm. some fans, Penguins fans or otherwise, might want you to believe. You know. I, I don't think it was intentional. I think uh, just you know, wrong place, wrong time. Hit a little too hard. A little too hard.
0: There's also the point that like, first of all, the
1: refs all series long were abysmal.
2: It's always the refs. It, I mean, it's always the refs. They, what? Is this, Big they 10, were, Ten basketball? <laughs> they, <laughs>
0: they favored <laughs> the Penguins for game one. They favored the Rangers for game. I mean, there was no consistency. But in game seven, it was wasn't the, there was definitely it was a high. It was a blatant high sticking. The guy. Forget who got the goal, but the puck. I think the rule is the the stick has to touch the puck. If it's above the crossbar, that's oh, a high sticking.
1: Oh, it was it was gentle. It was a hundred percent high sticking, and they blew it when he when he kicked it up and then yeah.
0: I mean, first of all, the hand eye coordination over, to do that.
1: It, slapped it over, slapped shoulder. Yes. Yeah, oh. that was that was uh that should have been a high stick.
0: I mean, the t- the the first like the main uh, takeaway from that for me personally is like the athleticism behind that. Like how do you kick a puck? How do you kick a disc? that's going Mach two into gotcha. the air. And
1: then tap it. I, it's just amazing that's to me how good, athletic these guys are. Good question.
0: It's amazing. I, I mean,
1: like I saw yeah, it, and it was, and like in the moment, I I was just like I was just like hands on my head, like oh my god, really? They're getting this call, and and but like as I look back on I'm, like. Wow, that was just a really athletic play. Like, that was crazy. Like, you don't see that in other sports. No, no one. That's crazy.
0: I think hockey is definitely, like, the whole, all-around the hardest sport. And it's not even a question, in my opinion. What do you guys think?
1: Uh, I'm not really sure about that. I think they're all hard. I think I think they're all really hard. You can make
2: the case for lacrosse.
1: Yeah. I don't know enough about lacrosse, dude.
2: I mean. I yeah. know what the the box is called, the Sinbin. <laughs> oh, the Sinbin. That's a I great love, name. First of all, that. that's a great name for it. I, I mean l- lacrosse too I feel like in terms of stick handling while you're getting four checked every second mm-hmm. on your shoulders like it, it's hard to not only control the ball but to make an accurate downfield pass while getting hit yeah um and while trying to avoid swarming defenders now in hockey it's all about ice skating I don't know about you guys but I can't ice skate to save my life yeah so I've like, never so tried. i can't even oh, you, oh you've never been before no i've never been yeah but point being like you know for for all I, I feel like getting on there and trying to you know not only stick handle a puck, but to fire a 90-mile-per-hour wrister or a 90-mile-per-hour slap shot, it's just impossible when, you know, when, you, A, you can't skate, and B, like... And they're going yeah. so fast, keep in mind. Oh, they yeah. are. The, pace is, incredible. the pace is insane. They're big guys, too. They are, so, and, I mean... And women. I, yeah, so, you know, after, uh, after further review, I can agree with you. I can agree with you on that one.
1: Upon further mm-hmm. review, it has been determined... <laughs> That hockey is, in fact, one of the <laughs> hardest sports. I think I, uh, any sport where you have to wear pads is automatically just
0: really hard. I think we all we'd all agree that hitting a fastball is the hardest thing to do in sports, though.
1: Depends how fast is a fastball. Like Ninety-five. Ninety-five.
0: Down the plate, cuz a bat, hit it.
1: Um. I couldn't do it. Well, yeah, I couldn't do it, but like we're not talking about us.
0: No, I mean like in, like just like uh like in general. I, mean, I, mean, think, catching I think
1: if you ask the average power hitter, a 95-mile-an-hour fastball right down the plate is not that hard to hit.
0: Okay, well, that's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's all about perspective, right? Right, I mean, right.
0: That's why I'm in the booth, when they're getting paid
1: Yeah, crazy money to yeet a ball. I would say by <laughs> far. <laughs> I don't know if that's the correct use of the term, yeet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I always thought Yeet was throwing, not hitting, but that's fine. Um,
0: It's definitely – I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been a long morning, guys. It's sorry. fine. It's a it's long fine. morning.
1: It's
2: five. In the, it's almost 5 in the afternoon. Uh, I you know, I think
1: we can agree <laughs> that probably the easiest of the five major team sports – that we play in America, I say five because soccer does technically count. Yeah, 100%. And most of us don't watch it. Um, I would say that the easiest has got to be basketball. Oh right? yeah, a thousand percent. oh mean, that's why we—that's—that's <laughs> why. That's why <laughs> nah, we that's at WRSU played a basketball game and won versus the Daily target That, that doesn't mean we could be NBA professional athletes. I can definitely. No, but if you it's... can. No way. <laughs> I, 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 see, like you
2: saying that makes me want to one v one you now. Oh, next time I see so, you. So no way, no way. First see, of all, making making no a way.
1: basketball <laughs> shot though is significantly easier than hitting a
3: fastball I
1: don't
0: know. <laughs> that's yeah that's I don't know. A, yeah, if, you, like, if you break it down no, like yeah, yeah, i can no, i no, can no.
1: hit right. i can hit a three i cannot hit a fastball i uh,
2: i don't know i could I, never catch how many points do you score in the in the game jake i didn't score any points oh, you didn't, I didn't score any i could I thought you had a three i i almost did almost who led the who led after all the, the run i gave the bench Come on, Jake. <laughs> all right. Come all right, on. Listen, listen. Listen. You know
1: what? You know what? I'll get points next year. Okay. No, no. no I I agree. Who led the? You're uh, gonna get ten. Uh, I I will get ten. No, it's gonna be twelve because I only score in in, in multiples of three. Uh, that's fine by me. <laughs>
2: Come off the bench and be the sniper we need. Be the Andre Hyatt. That's
1: <laughs> I would fine love by to me. be the Andre Hyatt WR. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who led the teams in uh in scoring? I mean, Jack Passia was WR uh, was the Targum. So oh, well, he uh, you you know, he. He led the team there. I don't, I don't know about our squad. It was pretty even distribution. It was,
1: I think it was either you or Derek.
2: It wasn't me because I, I scored seven first-quarter points, and then I didn't score again for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. It might have been Derek. Um, Derek was on but fire. Der- it, it, it was either Derek, Amir, or Dave Falumbo. It was one of the three.
1: Yeah. I
0: thought that surprised me because Jack uh, Jack's a big base.
2: Uh, Jack's a big uh, basketball guy. Yeah. yeah, I
1: mean, he was – well, I mean, I practiced – practiced against him a few times he was roasting us every single time
2: <laughs> yeah I mean he played varsity basketball I played cyO and I played a little bit of AAU. like he has more experience than I do so, I was in I have band. zero I have
1: uh, other than the WRC talking game I have zero club basketball experience so you yeah. know nah what, what are you talking about Jake
2: you're you're a ball player man yeah
1: yeah Pee- peewee football player back in the day so that's about it <laughs> Aye, you know, again and- that's what like like john said that's why i'm sitting here and not on the field <laughs> right right but kind of but you know but 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 kind of
2: shifting back to the ahl playoff picture because i could talk about this Targum game all, all all day but eddie and uh eddie and david palumbo pretty much already covered it so i don't want to you know repeat what, mm-hmm. what they've said already but maybe i want um, my turn no, it's, it's <laughs> fine it's fine no no i mean <laughs> Uh, WRC so, won. So about the WRC1 I want to know as a coach. It's all good. So, going back to the NHL playoffs, um, you know, just just kind of looking at the picture, what do you what, what do you guys see from the series so far? And is there any is there any team that really, you know, is standing out?
1: Um, Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah, they're very quietly going for oh, a repeat. By the three-peat. way,
1: did St. Louis won last night, right?
0: They They were winning when did. I
1: last saw, but I went to bed before the game ended. Yeah, so. they did. Um, yeah, so Tampa Bay has been looking really good so far. They're already up 2-zip. The yeah, they're already up 2-zip in the battle for Florida. Um, series I'm most interested in, and I think representing the Western Conference this year, will be the winner of the battle for Alberta. I agreed, yeah. You see that game one? Did you see the insanity that it was, was nine that to game six?
0: One? Um, I, I didn't watch it. I just checked it out. It's nine to, They won 9-6. Nine yeah. Nine yeah,
1: yeah. Nine to six. Was, was Markstrom the final in the score.
0: crease? He was. He's a. He's a fi- finalist.
2: Who? Which one?
0: Uh, Jacob Markstrom, the the Flames uh, goalie.
2: Yeah, yeah, he was there. Well,
1: they he still let won. six
2: goals in. I guess so. Wow, hockey's fun. They have, a, they have <laughs> a Calgary scored nine. Yeah,
1: I've never, I've never seen a final score like that. In hockey That's hockey
2: i, I mean, I've I've never, never, yeah, me been, either.
1: I don't. Wa- I haven't watched hockey for very long, but no. But th- do,
2: think, think about the games on Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. You had, you know, game one, which was a complete dud. You had the Hurricanes and the Rangers, yeah, two to one, barely any scoring until the Rangers blew the game. But then the next game, Cal- Calgary had three goals in a two-minute span. And yeah, they were a got they total. got up to a three Insane. nothing lead
1: really early, and I was like, they they no, they were a five nothing, and I was like, oh well, Calgary's got this game in the bag, and all of a sudden it's six five, Edmonton's creeping back into Edmonton's creeping back into it, and I'm like. Do we have a game on our hands? And then oh. they, sh- and then obviously Calgary scores like three more goals, and Edmonton only scores like you know but one more goal. Mm-hmm. I can't math. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not a math <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, and I was just like, I was just looking, watching the game. I'm like, this is this is insanity. I don't understand how do you just casually come back from down five nothing and I... make this an exciting game.
0: I don't – yeah. I I think hockey playoffs more so than basketball, is, it's more unpredictable just because I feel like anybody can beat anybody. Obviously, that happens more in baseball. Like any team can beat – you see 100 lost teams beat 100 win teams. But like with hockey – Yeah, um, but that's only
1: during the regular season.
0: Right, right, right. But like in the – You know, in the
1: playoffs, you can see anybody beat anybody. You can see the – potentially – the Columbus Blue Jackets win a playoff series.
0: Right, that's why it's so. Uh, that's why we like, can say that now. <laughs> no, you're right. Even though the uh, <laughs> the Rangers stole uh, Brett. I didn't know. I didn't know at was a like Blue Jacket until like a week ago. I was like, oh, Yeah, yeah. This guy. yeah. You know, he, yeah. he just kind of. Even I knew that. I knew he was a Blackhawk for a while. He was. He I more like. Yeah, yeah, he played I Columbus think he first... for like
2: three or four years, I think, and then he signed. I
1: didn't know I was he like, was a Blackhawk. I knew he was a Blue Jacket.
0: I saw highlight videos of him. it was like, Bred? in Columbus? Yeah. I'm sorry, you're yeah. Ohio. Yeah, <laughs> that's
1: where
2: they got him from. And you know, he he's been nothing imagine, short of a Imagine yeah. being in Ohio. The bread man. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. What are you guys' uh,
0: Stanley Cup's uh matchup?
1: I think uh my Stanley Cup matchup is gonna be winner of Rangers Hurricanes versus winner of Flames Oilers.
2: Okay. I like what Jake has to say. <laughs> so I that, would never that's, that's my pick. I
1: would never, ever count out the defending champs. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and listen, like, you know, kind of kind of going along the whole Tampa Bay Lightning thing, I, I, I'm I, pretty sure uh, yeah, their stacked team, I don't think any team in hockey history has ever three-peated. Or, or, has uh, that, it, or no, I'm, excuse me, excuse me, let, let, let me rephrase that. They haven't three-peated in a long time. Not since the 80s, I think. Right. The Islanders are the only it's been team. A, it's been a long they time. No, wait, didn't yeah. the
1: Oilers 3
2: no, I don't know. I can fact check. It's been, it's been a long... Point, point being, it's been a long, been a long time. time. It's yeah. been since the So, age. the Lightning not only have a chance to make history, but they've been playing elite hockey again. And it, it, it really culminates in last game where they were... You know, the game was tied, and uh, they scored that the goal with about a minute left to win the game. They're up mm-hmm. 2-0. It was, two very, it, it was a very quick goal and it was right exactly when they needed it and and the you know the lightning have shown over the course of the past decade that they're a team of winning pedigree they're they're nowhere near a rebuild and you know they they're again they're playing elite level hockey and if they get back to the Stanley Cup who's to say they they won't mate they won't uh, win a third in the row i mean
0: it helps when you have the one of the best playoff goalies like ever in, in the crease, I I, Vaslevsky is amazing. I read a uh, a graphic before. It said that Vasilevsky has allowed three goals in the last 100 shots, and two of them were against. That's absurd. Whoever they've played in the first round, who was it? It was um. That
1: was uh. That's one. Oh, that was the Leafs. Yeah, the Leafs. So, oh, okay, well.
2: <laughs> uh, and the Leafs are on the yeah. other, the other it's side shame, of history. Shame what happened to Toronto. I feel aren't? so bad.
0: <laughs> I mean. because... I just feel so bad because Toronto again. fans are, so, are just so are, are great
1: fans. Yeah, they, they are really great fans. Great sports city. And and I, I, I have relatives who live in Toronto, one of them one of them even plays hockey and and you know, I, I'm sure he probably grew up a Maple Leafs fan, or hopefully not a Canadian fan. <laughs> uh, you know. And uh, you know, it's just like it's just like it, you hate to see this continue to happen, but I mean once again, Lose overtime game six. Lose game seven at home. Because every Leafs year. they didn't blow they, a 3-1 lead to the to the Habs this time.
0: <laughs> I mean, every year I'm like, all right, I'm going to root for the Rangers. When they lose, I'll go with Maple Leafs. Every year. I've been, first of all, neither of them make it out of the first round. But for the Maple Leafs, it's been 18 years since they've made it out of the I mean, obviously most years of that, they haven't made it. But the years they've, they haven't uh, progressed past the first round in, in almost 20
2: years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that. Uh, that's just that's not crazy. the side of history you want to be on, oh. especially when you have when you, when you employ a player by the name of Austin Matthews. Y-
1: y- I mean, you look at the roster; and, they're and a good team. What about what about John Tavares?
2: John Tavares, um, Mitch Marner. Uh, I I mean, they they have a lot of pieces. And it shows it, you that, like, uh, I, I they should off, be sorry. contending for a Stanley oh, Cup
1: right now, not be sitting home after the first round of playoffs.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, no, I completely agree. And and you know. The team, the teams that are there, I mean, they, they just, they've shown heart. Um, they have talented, deep rosters. I mean, look, you got the Avalanche who are like, so they're so who, are, who are stacked. They're, they're the team to beat, even though St. Louis has the series tied right now. They're still the cream of the crop.
1: I'm still not convinced. Got Let me see a little more. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, you got Tampa Bay going for the three P. You can never count them out, even though Florida's an elite team as well. You can't count them out. Um, the, the carolina hurricanes i mean they've been a team to look out for but i mean they're they're uh playing uh everybody's favorite underdog in this station the new york rangers so
1: who you call um, every <laughs> uh
2: every year there's one team that's like
0: not really in it they're just kind of like oh where these guys come from it doesn't matter what sport it is for last year it was the red Sox, and, and i'm going i'm jumping all around last year it was like where the red Sox come from why are they in the alcs i thought they were dead how did they win a single game playoff? And then I, now they're almost I, the world series. I
1: was under the impression that the Astros got back to the World Series uncontested.
2: <laughs> yeah, with their with their good friend the trash can. Yeah, uh But, uh-huh. I, um, <laughs> but it's their biggest fan.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: I have not let it go either. I don't believe it. I hate that. I hate that team. I love the, the Instagram comments. It's just like thousands anyway, of garbage anyway, can. Yes, I know. Um, what the hell. Was I oh yeah, so <laughs> every year there's a one team that's like, where are these guys from? And I think the Rangers can be that team, like they like the underdogs. They've come back from three elimination games down in each game, right? And they've done it before.
1: First time in NHL history.
0: That's the new thing. But they've down, da- they've been down like three games to one in other series over the years. Like I think in 2013, whatever their cup cup run was, they were down three games to one against the Caps, and they they ran the table.
1: I, I, I don't remember that series because I was, was not watching hockey at that time. I actually wasn't watching a lot of sports at that time, to be perfectly honest. I was, <laughs> but I was kind of in my edgy middle school phase that time. <laughs> I feel like everyone goes to like, <laughs> yeah. Edgy, like emo. Like, oh, yeah, don't talk to me. <laughs> I was a very
2: – hey, look, man. In middle school, the Jets were in the playoffs. I was a very happy guy. Was, that shows you how long ago it was. I know. Oh, my seventh goodness. grade was the I last remember, time. Like, I remember seventh that, grade like was, it was the last time the Jets made the playoffs for me that yeah, no,
1: it. so. the, the Giants won Super Bowl then I went to middle school and I was like all right I don't need to watch sports anymore other than Derek Jeter's <laughs> retirement tour and then all of a sudden I go to high school I'm like okay now I care about sports again
0: <laughs> I'm mean, my, my dad's a huge Jets fan and those back-to-back AFC championship games he was like totally drinking the Kool-Aid he was like we're going to the Super Bowl we're going to win it's going to be a it's going to be a parade it's going to the city's going to implode I'm like all right I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what football is. I was, you know, was, <laughs> I was, I was and then I just like I was
1: like, oh yeah, but I guess the Jets are good because like so, they're always so, on. The so when do when do we when, do we, when do we get that Jets Shine Super Bowl, huh? <laughs> Maybe when, when I'm like
2: when yeah. the when they actually make the playoffs, both teams. How about because w- both teams are garbage?
1: Winning <laughs> records. playoffs?
2: <laughs> yeah, are we talking about playoffs exactly. Like that that, that that's exactly the point. When
0: I they, do feel good though. The Jets the Jets fleece the draft. They. Oh, it's such a good. If you're a Jets fan, you gotta feel pretty hopeful. Well, I feel good, but it's all
1: on Zach Wilson's shoulders. I would 100%. say, I would say, right now it's currently always sunny in New York. But if you look outside, uh, you would see that I'm a bull faced liar. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: it's all about. Know. It's, it's uh, it's 80 degrees, sun, no clouds, totally not raining. Oh, I looked totally it up. Totally no storm coming <laughs> later. <laughs> I did look
0: it up, Jake. Uh, the Red Sox Mariners game will not be postponed. There's no rain in Boston. So oh, your lock good. of the
2: week is secure.
1: Oh, good. My lock of the week is secure. Your lock of the
2: week is secure for the Red Sox to win. <laughs>
1: that's you're, not, you're, that's you're, not. That is not what I picked. I just saw his face
2: just. Sink. <laughs> no, I know he had to. He, he had to
1: think about what he's going to say for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like, wait a minute. <laughs> you you gotta you gotta understand how deep this rivalry goes.
0: No. Oh, so trust me, I know. I know. I keep jumping all around. But the last team we got to stick to a
2: topic, John. Come I on. know, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> Come on, sorry. John. I I probably our have ability
1: ADD. our ability to go on tangents is only matched by our <laughs> ability to go on tangents. So the Lightning
0: are going for a three P. The last team to win uh, three in a row was the the Islanders. They won four in a row in the in the mm-hmm. 80s. The record right. is obviously the Canadians. They have five in a row in the 50s because they're they're yeah. so good up there.
2: It's like well, no, but think about it. You know. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna end hour one on, I, on this thought so the lightning have a chance of hit at history three Pete you were just talking about the Canadians being you know they they won five in a row was in the 50s and in a way the Canadians remind me of the New York Yankees why yeah. do they remind me of the New York Yankees because they have 27 World Series and our generation has only been alive to see
1: six of them yeah that is all. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely not glaring at Brett from under the brim of my
0: Yankees hat right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've never seen a look. I've never seen you look at somebody that intensely. I, I, don't hurt him, please.
1: <laughs> it's it's only joking. Of right. course, of course. It, it hurts me. It hurts me to think about that way more than it hurts anybody else because I know you guys are Mets fans and you relish in that. Oh no, no, no. and oh, you re, you relish in the fact that the Mets have won zero World Series in your lifetimes. Oh, oh, uh, I agree. They should have won in all World kidding course. aside. Yankees, I mean, you guys are the Yankees New York, have so. won two in my lifetime. So you know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
2: The, the the Yankees are New York, including right one right of so, them so, you know, against
1: uh, who who exactly? Uh,
2: the oh, the Mets.
1: No, wait. Who was the, yeah, the Mets? Yeah, was the, <laughs> did you guys beat yeah. the Phillies in 09? Yes, we did beat the Phillies in 09, which made me very, very happy as uh, as a uh, someone who grew up in the Philly area. <laughs> very happy to see them win the World Series in 08 and then get beat by the Yankees.
2: <laughs> I agree. But, but but with that, we're going to wrap up Hour 1. Um, uh, On the other side of this break, uh, our, our very own Alex Carmenati had a chance to sit down with uh, Rutgers women's lacrosse head coach of the year melissa layman and to get her thoughts on on the season and and after that interview we'll be covering the the nba playoffs and our thoughts on the first few games of the conference finals so far but stay tuned don't don't leave uh here at 88.7 fm new brunswick and online at wrsu.org
4: What's going on? I'm Alex Carbonati of WRSU. Rutgers women's lacrosse tour season came to a close this past Sunday in Stony Brook to Stony Brook in the NCAA tournament. Nonetheless, it was a historic year for the Skull and I made the tournament for the second straight year. They also were a finalist in the Big Ten tournament. Joining me right now to review the entire season is head coach of the team, Big Ten Coach of the Year, Melissa Lehman. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, Coach, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And altogether, you know, this season was absolutely historic for Rutgers Women's Lacrosse. You get to the Big Ten Tournament Final for the first time in a while, and you had a great chance to win that Big Ten title, although you came up short to Maryland. Before you got there, a historic first-ever win against Northwestern 13-5 in the semifinal. You make this uh, the the national tournament for the, for the second straight year. You win round one, but you come up short in round two to a pretty good, you know, Stony Brook team. Recap the entire year for me. How historic really was it?
3: Uh, you know, when, it, when you actually take a moment to think back on what we accomplished as a team, it's really incredible, and I'm so proud of this group. We uh, just coming into this year, we were hungry. Last year, we got a taste of a lot of success and wanted more this year and and we're playing really confidently and so this team they just did so many incredible things this year and just believed that um we could compete with the best of the best and I will say driving us all year knowing that the Big Ten tournament was at our home field in Piscataway um we were ready for that and we wanted to be there and um, you know, I think getting there, we were ready to go. That first, uh, that first game in the semifinals against Northwestern. I think you know there were so many great um, moments this year. Um, especially, you know, I think we had uh, just season and program, uh, just just win totals uh, that that were single season um, historic records. But I think what took the team was that. Win over Northwestern, who's been a powerhouse in the NCAA, in the Big Ten Conference for so long, and my team was ready, we were locked in, and I was—I I think that game, that whole game, epitomized what—who what, we are, who we are as a team.
4: Coach, yes, absolutely, it was a historic win versus Northwestern, first time you did that ever, and one month previous, before that took place, you lost to them in their home stadium, twenty-one to thirteen. Recap how you were able to turn the switch around one month later and from giving up 21 goals, you only gave up five in the Big Ten semifinals.
3: Yeah, that first game, um, obviously, it kind of got away from us in the fourth quarter. It was very close entering the fourth. I think we were within one goal. Um, You know, I think in that game, we definitely didn't really have much possession. The draw control was... Was kind of a starting on the stretch for us. And when you still have possession against Northwestern, it's not a good reference to win the game. And so we knew that um, ball control, with the ball control, would be a huge um, point of emphasis if we were going to have an opportunity to come out with a win against them the next time. And um, we were able to control the ball much better in that game. And I think overall, our team just gained a lot of confidence because we were down early in that first match. And back and brought it within one goal. And so for my team, it's all about confidence. And they felt that confidence and they knew playing at home, all we had to do was be locked in, you know, from the get-go and, and try to, um, you know, keep that mentality for 60 minutes. And my team, their confidence never wavered. And we played great defense in that game. I was really proud of our defensive play, especially with Jeff Beneducci and Meg Ball. Um, And then Cardello as our anchor in that game. I think the defense kind of stole
4: the show. No, for sure, indeed. And Megan Ball, who is a midseason All-American, Sophia Cardello, sophomore goalie, who has been rock solid ever since coming on to the scene on the banks. Talk to me about those players specifically and how you've been able to develop, grow them, and make them what they are right now.
3: Yeah, well, I will first start with Megan Ball. She is an incredible defender. uh, One of the best out there in the country, hands down the ability to take over a game and so as a defender you know she's not just a good lockdown one-on-one defender she makes plays all over the field so whether that's coming up with huge draw controls for ground balls or uh, cause turnovers she has a knack for making those plays turning the tide of a game and she's physical she's strong powerful and competitive and um when she's <laughs> She's is making those plays that we need. Our team is feeling really confident. And so I, I really can't say enough about her. She's just something special on the DN. And uh, Sophia Cardello, as a sophomore, just she has a knack for stepping up in big games. And we talk about it a lot and she does. She thrives under pressure and she is just steady Eddie. She has that quiet confidence about her and that composure and our team, Um, You know, we don't play perfectly defensively, and she has a way of just coming up with those big point-blank saves that give our defense the confidence to continue to play the way they're playing, and they don't get nervous or scared. Even if they make a mistake, she's going to step up and really, um, you know, make great plays behind them and and bail them out if they need it.
4: Again, Cardello, a sophomore, came on the scene last year as a freshman. She was the goalie who who was in, in goal when this program won their first ever national national tournament game last season versus Drexel. Can you just walk me through the process of how Sophia became the starter last year as a freshman, how she took that starting job, and how it has really developed into what she is now, of course?
3: Yeah, I think with her, we knew who we had something special and a really great goalkeeper, and it was finding that consistency and the confidence. And um, we just started more and more to see it in practices just – her presence, her demeanor, um, and, and what she could do for us—and you know, as a freshman, she got thrown into some big games. I mean, we only played Big Ten uh, competition, mm-hmm. and so I think for her, it was—it was a little bit rocky at first, and and then she came on the scene, and and that trust that her defense had in her was just unwavering, and you could tell that even when she makes a save her presence of mind to get that ball and look to kickstart our offense. It just, it just seemed like she, um, throughout the course of the year, she gained that confidence and we saw the consistency we needed. And uh, she's just been great ever since. And as a sophomore coming in, um, it was like from day one, she she was ready to go and she knew this was her job. And um, I was just so proud of the way she came back as a sophomore, as a leader and, um, just really took that role.
4: No, definitely indeed. And and not just the goalkeeping, not just your defense. Your offense, Coach, was unbelievable this year. Steph Kelly, Cassie Spillis, who won Big Ten Midfielder of the Year, T.T. Nazlanski, Marin Hartshorn, they had over 100 goals combined. They almost had 200 combined, those four players alone. And Cassie Spillis, record-setting 69 goals in one season, regular season and postseason combined. She had 50-plus in only 14 games in the regular season. So for your offense, those core four starters, especially in Spillis, Naslonski, Kelly, and Hartshorn, how did those four become the core four that we've seen?
3: Yeah, I mean, they are impressive. They are fun to coach. They are fun to live. I think the biggest thing about our offense is they just like to move the ball and share the ball and, and play free and lose. And when they do that, we're at our best and Um, You know, we don't get very rigid with them, you know, as coaches, we allow them to be creative and play, um, you know, play free, take risks, and it's all about understanding each other's tendencies, and I think this year, um, you know, just another year older, another year wiser, and more experienced, they really understood that, and what are good opportunities, and where we can move the ball and find an even better look if we pass it another time to the backside, And, um, you know, I think they're all different. All of those four attackers are so different. You've got pure goal scorers in T.P. Novanski and Cassidy Spillis and then facilitators with Mary Hartshorn and Stephanie Kelly that really make the offense work, um, which was a deadly combination this year, I think, for so many defenses. Um, and as
4: coaches, just really fun to coach. I mean, I mean I'll mean, i tell you, with that, those four alone, it must have been a drag for Penn State and Michigan and Johns Hopkins, even the travel this past year to play you guys at, 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 at SHI Stadium. I mean, that would have been a headache for me if I was on the receiving end. But altogether, you know, this team has just been so dominant, so poised. And from what we saw, even when you took the helm back in 2020, the COVID year, Coach, this team has grown in remarkable ways in one season, two seasons even, by going back-to-back to to that that national tournament. Now, you've been the coach in 2020. Your first year was the COVID year. uh, uh, Your team played nine games or so in 2020. COVID-19 hit, your season got scrapped. You come back in 2021, you you go 7-9 and in an all-Big Ten year. You still make that tournament. You you win your first-ever tournament game versus Drexel. Well over 500, over 10 wins, I think 12 or 13 altogether, even more than that possibly. And even though you lose to Stony Brook again in round two, you still win round one by seven versus St. Joe's. Just take me through your first year, second year, third year. How have you been able to transition from the pandemic to even post-pandemic where this team is just growing in large numbers the past two years under your helm? Yeah,
3: well, it has surely been a roll-in of three years. I'll say not. My third year being the first year that I had the opportunity <laughs> to have a complete season with this program. Um, you know, I think from day one, it was, it was exciting. It was a perfect blend of these players just being willing and ready to take coaching and uh, coming in with my coaching staff with Molly Heavens and Anna White. Um, our vision was to turn this program around and take it where we are consistently competing nationally. And those were surely high goals early on. but. I asked that this team would come every day ready to compete and so our practices were high paced in almost every drill possible we were competing and keeping score in some way or another um, and you know I think that uh, additionally it was also coming willing to learn and playing for each other and so I think right away in that first year my team was ready to go we were ready to compete but we did not um, get the opportunity to play any Big Ten competition. So um, I think, you know, going into year two for us, it, it was, um, you know, we had a lot, a lot of young players that had played as freshmen the previous year in 2020. Um, so we were excited to see what they were gonna do when every single game mattered. And we had to put it all on the line and we knew we were gonna be battling in every Big Ten game. And I think that, you know, the the games that we played
4: it's remarkable where, where, you know, Stony Brook had the entire realm, the entire game in 2021. 2022, you might have lost 11-7, but it was still 7-7 and it was back and forth for the majority of that time. What improvements do you really build upon from Stony Brook? How can you take those improvements, even though a loss, let's say you faced them for a third straight in your uh, next season?
3: up with huge again year before uh, it wasn't it wasn't um, you know really in our favor so you take those things against a team that is so dominant like that and being able to hold them to only 11 goals I, I think gives this program just moving forward a lot of confidence
4: no definitely indeed and again coach to wrap up this year you were named Big Ten coach of the year first time you've won that again you've only been here for three years really in one normal season if we really look at it you know, with COVID, of course, playing a factor in your first two. What does that mean to win that award? To be to have such recognition, and what does it mean for Rutgers Women's Lacrosse to have their coach, their bench boss, be the Big Ten Coach of the Year in in only the coach's third year and really first true season? Yeah,
3: I mean, it is hands down an incredible honor. You know, to be voted by my coaches um, as Coach of the Year, and. It, it really wouldn't happen without our team's success and really what we've been able to do as a coaching staff and as a whole program. You know, I believe that it's a coaching staff award, and I can't say enough about my two um, assistant coaches, Anna and Allie. And they, they helped me and challenged me and are doing this with me every day and came in when I was hired on board. And they knew what they were signing up for and they, they believed in this vision with me. And so, Um, You know, I'd like to say it's a coaching staff award, but it also is about the players. You know, you're really not going to have that honor of the coach if the the girls don't believe and they don't buy in and play with that passion and pride. And we had an incredible season this year. And so, I mean, I just think it's an incredible uh, honor for this whole program. You know, it's about what effort is about. We are here um, as a team, as a team that plays um, and is competitive with, of you know all the hard work that this team our staff our administration our players have put in the last three years is paying off and i'm excited
4: for the future definitely indeed and i mean altogether this team has been described with their jersey grit. this team goes brick by brick coach this might be challenging but describe this season in one word or one phrase besides grit or brick by brick Coach, last question for you. Coach M- M- Melissa Lehman of the Rutgers Women's Lacrosse team, Records Women's Lacrosse, coming off a loss to Sonia Burke, but recapping their overall historic season in 2022. I'm Alex Carbonati of WRSU. Coach, altogether, again, three years in, your first true year, you win Big Ten Coach of the Year. You take this team to new heights, new levels, really new boundaries and ways this team might have never, really hasn't really seen before or really ha- hasn't been seen in a long period of time. How can you keep it up, and how can this team continue to be what it's become, not just next year, but years beyond?
3: Yeah, staying hungry, you know, we're just getting started here at Rutgers. I think in general with all of the teams, and our team is certainly, um, you know, just riding that success and the excitement that so many teams have had. Um, It's about understanding that you got to work hard for everything you have. we got to earn it, and um, it's about, you know, finding players that, really want to continue to have an impact and build a great
4: legacy here at Rutgers. Definitely. Indeed. Coach Melissa Lehman. Thanks so much for joining the program. I I really appreciate it. As Rutgers women's lacrosse comes off a historic season in 2022, a second straight national tournament appearance, an appearance in the big 10 championship game and coach Lehman winning her first ever big 10 coach of the year award coach Lehman. Again, thank you so much for your time. All the best. Have a great restful offseason. Hopefully for your sake. And by 2023, we'll see you again.